Guys, real quick before the intro gets going, I want to remind you that this is a free podcast. It's one of the things that I uh, love about it. I love making it free, available to everyone. That's one of the great things we can all agree uh, about podcasting. It does take uh, time, energy, and uh, the work of people aside from me to get it done. As you know, I have never uh, really worked with a sponsor before, but I do have a sponsor that I want to give a shout out to in this episode. Uh, It is HostGator. I know that probably you think to yourself, that must mean a company that specializes in hosting alligators. Let me correct you right now. It's actually the best place to get a website. They offer premium web hosting at low costs. Grab.net It's the best way to get a killer domain name that's not 180 characters. Uh, these guys are available 24-7, 365 days a year. Uh, you can chat. You can do email support. They offer hosting for any size site with shared VPS and delicate, dedicated servers. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what any of that means uh, because I'm super unweb savvy. Uh, perhaps these are the people who can come in, clear that up and uh, help you out on your way because I'm not going to be the person to design your site, guys. I think we all know that based on my total lack of technological savvy. Uh, we could, They can move the site for you if you want to transfer. Um, and if you head over to hostgator.com, you buy some hosting, get some .NETs and use the coupon code JVCLUB to get an extra 30% off and support the show. Again, uh, I do need to acknowledge them as sponsors because they are making it possible for me to get t-shirts made, um, get some production costs for the podcast uh, covered, and uh, hopefully uh, hook you guys up with some websites. So thanks to HostGator, and uh, thanks to you guys for listening to that. Here comes the intro right now. Hey guys, welcome to episode 82 of the JV Club with my very special guest, Chemda. She can be heard on the Keith and the Girl very popular podcast. Uh, I want to, of course, very quickly acknowledge that... Um, this episode is the last episode in, in which I will be naming in the introduction uh, the upcoming uh, Cora panel at the New York Comic Con, as well as the DC show that I'll be doing uh, with my improv group, Theme Park Improv. So if you have the chance to come to the DC area and see me do some live improv, I encourage you to do so. That will be on Saturday. I think last time I completely misspoke and said it was on the 10th. Um, Everybody knows I like to have a nice, crisp, professional intro with lots of wrong information. Saturday the 12th is the date. Saturday the 12th. Um, and that's, of course, also the morning that I will be at Comic-Con with uh, the Legend of Korra panel. Shout out wise, I want to quickly shout out Natalie uh, for your email about the Far and Wide Collective. Guys, if you want to check out farandwidecollective.com, it is a wonderful... Um, sort of a global market website for uh, encouraging sustainability in foreign countries outside of the United States gives you accessibility to some wonderful, wonderful products. I think it's a great organization. I wanted to uh, acknowledge that here in this intro. I wanted to thank uh, from Facebook, Joseph, Ben, Holly, Megan, and Tammy. Also from Facebook, Ryan, Caitlin, and Kenneth. Uh, I want to thank all of the usual suspects who weigh in on the much beloved Nerdist page. Uh, In this case for Christine Woods. But uh, in particular, I want to shout out Kathy, who mentioned that she had very similar experiences uh, as Christine and me, uh, as Christine and I, sorry, dad, oh, there's that English teacher coming, rearing its head, um, about Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, she went a step further and said that she actually thought that the waiters at the um, Blue Bayou restaurant were animatronic, which I thought was a wonderful uh, explosion of imagination on her part. And 
sucks, by the way, completely understandable. Um, Heather W., my sweet Heather W., thank you for your email about Kate McCucci's episode. Uh, Megan, thank you for your email. I'm so sorry I haven't had a chance to respond to it yet. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Melanie, thanks for your email. Michelle, hope, hope to still see you in New Zealand slash Melbourne. Uh, I did say Melbourne instead of Melbourne because I've been told I must pronounce it as the Australians do. And um, I think that's it. I'm going to try to stay on top of getting... Uh, I definitely am behind on Twitter, so apologies for that. But I'm going to try to stay on top of getting episodes out to you guys, even though I will be out of the country for a couple of weeks, um, trying to book some stuff in advance in the limited time I have before then. So hopefully I won't have to skip any weeks. And uh, thanks uh, for giving a shit if I do skip a week, but uh, hopefully that won't happen. Um, All right, guys, talk to you soon. Enjoy this episode. Now entering Nerdist.com. to like make you repeat yourself but I was just complaining about um, I was just complaining about just sort of being nasal and like how long I've been feeling like this and Chemna was like uh, yeah, that's sort of, and then you just get to a place where you just feel like that's your life. Like you just get used to it. Like, you, oh, I guess this is my new nose. Yeah, you forget what it's like to sound different or be different or be yourself. You just feel like, yeah, I guess this is the closest to healthy that, <laughs> that, that, that life is. We are very adaptive. Yeah. I We're guess. very adaptive creatures. That's such a positive attitude on what I you know. just said. Yeah. Adaptive. Sure. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't you think, I mean. I guess I am like that. I mean, I think I think the problem with that is that people can, because maybe we're afraid of more being wrong with us, people learn to live with chronic pain without going to the doctor and stuff like that because we just feel like, well, I guess this is my life now. That's true. That's true because, because you get so used to the pain, you forget that you can live pain-free. But you also assume that you can't live pain-free because who could get the knot out of your back for good? Oh God, no you know. One. Because because people can take it out and you know you thank them profusely and yeah. you owe them one and all this kind of stuff. But the next day you wake up with the same thing and you just go, now I owe uh, like five people in the past five days for just rubbing That's my back. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> they get you with the acupuncture. They get you, no, like all of that stuff. Do you believe in acupuncture? I've never really had it done. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. You've never even had the, even one time the needles? My, my friend was in acupuncture school, and so she would sort of test on me, but before oh, she was allowed that. to do needles. So okay. all I would do is lay down for her and with my top off, and she would just um, she would marker me up okay. and look at her book okay. and marker me up. And so just so you guys know, do one is right next to your butthole. Okay. <laughs> and I had a marker there. So... Yeah, <laughs> that's great to know. Yeah, well, we were I friends. I don't even in know what grade. do one means, other than that. I guess that there's a great point for. Sounds like it sounds like. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably didn't experience any benefits because uh, the marker isn't really the same as needles. Not really. I was the pre-degree. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me say this about it because I've had it a couple of times. I feel I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I feel that it does work, but. Uh, 
I was so weirded out by the way it made me feel that I couldn't sit still the entire time. I don't think it will surprise anyone that I'm saying that. But because you can feel I felt a flow of energy that made my heart palpitate because I could feel I felt something instantly. Like as soon as the first series of needles were in, I think they were in my hands. I was like, oh, this is a thing. This is a real thing. I think I thought like, oh, I'll just be fine with it. It didn't hurt. But I felt something. So I'd like to be able to overcome the anxiety about that. But it was really uncomfortable for me to feel like... Did you talk to working. your acupuncturist about it before you went in again? Or did you just think that was a fluke? I think it was two different people. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't and say, hey, I was hey, desperate last? both times. Oh, okay. Right? That's <laughs> what happens to Do you. whatever you do. Don't let me interrupt. Yeah. Just make this happen. Make it go away. Make me feel yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. people swear by it. I know, but people swear by people so don't. many things. Yeah. You know? What works for you? <laughs> um, if anything. Marijuana. Oh, there you go. Yeah. As soon as I take two puffs of it, everything starts cracking. My Does back it? starts loosening up. God, I wish I had that yeah. in a pot. And my fiance would do this thing. I'm like, push on my back, slide on my back, take lotion, lie on your front, and the person just slides down your back and you hear click, 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 yeah. click, click. So I good. do enjoy that. Yeah. I have a foam roller that do I you use. That guy over there, that's pretty effective for yeah. cracking purposes. Have you ever rolled on one of those? No, but I'll probably I get have... you on that before you leave. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. I've done. I guess what that thing would do, I have done where I just look like a crazy person hanging uh-huh. over the side of my couch, uh-huh. you know, yep. or hanging over my bed upside down weird or yep. leaning oddly on walls. And I... Uh, You're a cat person. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know, weird, weird yes. hangover hangover furniture bones i also i scratch on a post you know all that stuff (laughs) it's all coming together it's all coming together okay chemda yeah i want to acquaint uh the listener with you a little bit um tell us about your podcast uh, and also, I I can't remember why you're in L.A., but you don't live here full time. So I don't. feel free to explain that to me. Well, you know, we realize there's there's so much going on over here that we want to take a trip every year. My my show is called Keith and the Girl. I do it with my co-host, Keith Malley. And um, and we wanted to come here for PodFest. We were invited to PodFest. And while we're here, say hi to some of the people that we've met and make some new friends like you. And... Uh, and and that's it. I also have a brother who's who lives here for now, but he's moving in a couple okay. of months. So get to see him as well. A little sliver of him before he leaves. Have you visited him much here since he's lived here? How long has he lived here? Um, for years now. So yeah, okay. when I can. I have two brothers. One's in San Francisco. One's in L.A. now. Oh. But um, Michael, who's in L.A., is moving to back to New York. So, okay. So that I don't have to visit anything anymore. I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Um. But those are both really nice places to visit. How do you feel about San Francisco? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, we have a layover for three hours. So I want to get in touch with them and just say lunch at this odd hour at this odd place. But please, yeah. can I see you? Yeah. 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 But um, Keith and the Girl is a comedy talk show. We do it five days a week. We used to date me and my co-host, but then we uh, we broke up. Now he's married. I'm Engaged. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well done. <laughs> Schmancers. And it's it's... It's been going well. Like even when we weren't doing well as a couple, we loved doing the show together. Oh, that says a lot, huh? Interesting. I don't know what it says, but it feels like it says a lot. It's weird because it says that I do like him, but not like that. Yeah. Which I have confused in the past. I mean, no, when we were together, I'm not, I wasn't being confused, but I have confused 
um, being excited by someone for attraction. I've confused. Um, and again, uh, Keith and I had a real relationship that was not confused. But I think the show, because we have so much fun on the show, it took us longer to break up mm-hmm. when we thought. How long did you, were you together overall? Uh, I think four or five years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we were doing the show from the house. So it was a little weird for a while because yeah. we still lived together. We still did the show from the house together. Not as much fun. Tried avoiding right. each other, but you know, yeah, we're still business partners. Oh my gosh! Well, I let's go right. I mean, I, everybody knows I like to jump right into concept mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I'd love to just circle back to what you just said about that idea of getting confused, right? With yeah. somebody that you, it's hard if you're an enthusiastic person, and I am. Yeah, I'm, you know, I I also feel like I I give off the wrong vibe sometimes. I maybe make people think that I'm interested in them sexually because I'm just excited. If you say yeah. something funny, I'm like, you're so funny. And, and oh, I want to be with you and I want to hang out and I want to marry you and yeah. have sex with you. But you don't mean that because you're just being enthusiastic. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that, but right. I, I, people point it out. So now I have to watch, you know, sort of what I give off to Which someone. Which is also kind of hard too, yeah. because part of you wants to go, Listen, that's who you are innately. It's not that you want to be... If you're not being overtly irresponsible with people's feelings by misleading them purposefully... never You know what I'm saying? You're not like, God, you got such a great ass. I don't know why you thought I was attracted to him. Like the fact that you're... That it's like... That it has something to do with something that feels like very normal and organic for you in your character. Yeah, I'm not not to say... I mean, listen, I'm speaking as somebody who feels like I've got... I'm defending myself as well as you. But like, it's hard, right? Because I've had people say both. I've had people say, you know, about, about those of us who get super excited about people, like, you know, maybe dial that back a little bit because you don't want to give someone the wrong idea. But at the same time, other people will say, you know, you're, each person is only responsible for themselves and someone can find out really quickly whether or not you're interested in dating them. Well, and I, it's not your responsibility to, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I if, think it's a, if, I think it's a foggy area, gray area. If a friend thinks that I'm hitting on them, they, I don't think that they're my friend because if you are my friend, you're close enough to recognize how much I'm in love with Lauren. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that I'm not concerned with. I'm, you know, my friends are not confused, but new people, I do, I make sure, and even with my friends, I don't do that quote girl thing where I snuggle up to my guy friends mm-hmm. or, um, or like you said, like heavily flirt and then be confused about it. Mm-hmm. I'm very straight up. There's definitely a boundary. And at this point, I've, I think that I have learned about it so much that, that I'm right at this point. You're confused. You, you got it. You wanted that to be yes. the truth, yes. but I was not. And with new people, I'm very clear. I bring up my fiance. I, I'm, I'm not wanting people to want me just to feel that. Which is a whole other kettle of fish that is worth, I think, talking about too. Which I think I did do in my late teens, early 20s. Which don't you think a lot of people do that? I think that's very common to when you're sort of figuring out your identity. And so many of us have that kind of like what was I missing or what didn't I get enough of and that there's this, but also just societally that we place such value on what other people think of us. And so many people are, feel like they have to be defined by how much in demand they are in one way or another. And also you're just learning to speak and to speak like an adult, whatever that is, you know, and, and to converse with people 
um, with them taking you seriously when you need to, being fun when it's appropriate, and also combining all of that so that you're not a dud and you're not, you know, so you're a lot of, and while you have all this stuff raging through yeah. your body, your own hormones, your own sexuality, your own, you know, aching boobs right before your period, you know, your own uh, growing ass, yeah. <laughs> heavy curves. I don't know I, uh, what to do with this hair of mine that I took me years and years to learn. It doesn't make you crazy when people like me who have like the flattest, saddest hair are like, I love your hair because it does it feel like you don't know. You don't know what it means to have this hair. Because to me, it's just like amazing and hair that I wanted my whole life. I, when I was younger, I, when I used to, and even now, when I was younger, I would watch people with hair like yours and they would just comb their hair. Mm-hmm. They would take out their ponytail and put it back in. Yeah. And I just go, what? Yeah. That's, you know, that's not an option. My mother did my hair for so long because I couldn't manage it because I just didn't know. And even she was, you know, fighting with it every morning. And, uh, and, and so I remember one day when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, um, I got into a fight or something and, and, or I don't know what happened. It was a very brief moment. It's not like I was getting into fights all the time, but someone pulled my hair a little out of my ponytail and there was that bump. Yep. Didn't know what to do about it. The bump. I was like, I guess I'm having a bump in my hair all day. I'm an idiot. Cause if I let my hair down, it'll it won't really come down. Yeah. It sort of maintains a little bit of a ponytail shape, yeah. but like then it's out of the ponytail. Yeah. Well, what's your whole ethnic background? Because there's a lot of beautiful stuff going on here from what I can tell as well, the most boring, you know, Anglo-Saxon mutt in the world. Meanwhile, I'm staring at you like, you must have been a model at some point. God Who looks you. like you? Oh my God. Who does bless that? Bless your heart. I'll tell you what, it's, I got some nice lighting hitting me in, in the window. But no. this You, know, oh, you guys, best. she's being very modest. This is ridiculous. On, I mean, I saw your picture but then i i mean wow okay now anyway moving on <laughs> and now we're making love yeah i think that i think she might really like me guys oh she's putting out the wrong vibe totally kidding. <laughs> right See, yeah. this is what I, <laughs> it's happening yeah. already uh but no but yeah so what and, and and also feel free to fold in where you you know where you were a teenager uh, to this i was born in israel when i was four my whole family moved here um my parent my mom's parents are from iraq but she was born and raised in israel and my father was born and raised in Iran. They met in Israel, established some stuff, and then moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. I moved to New York. I went to school in Queens all my life, Cardoza High School, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Cardoza. Like I have any kind of, you know, anything. Huge loyalty. I don't. It didn't matter. Well, you are wearing your Letterman's jacket. No, She's not, guys. She's not. Well, it's cold out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're in L.A. Right. (laughs) Um, But, uh... Oh, I was just glad to go to Cardoza because I was zoned for Jamaica, which I believe had the first, um, what is that, uh, when you check weapons at the door? Uh, Oh, like a metal metal detector. Yeah. One Mm. of the first metal detectors, if not the first. It was just, I just couldn't go there. So I tried out for Cardoza. I happened to have rhythm enough for dance to get into their dance program. Okay. So was it like a fine arts, like a magnet school kind of a thing or they? It would like to think so, but it's not. No, I took it instead of gym class. It was just, yeah, it was, it's the kind that it's, if if you're not zoned for that school, you can get in for dance. But if you're zoned for that school, you can just take dance. So it's not like everybody has to try out. It's not like fame, fame high school. No, yeah, no, no. But I did try out for dance in that, and I was not prepared. These people yeah. are dancers. They, they meant it. Part of their audition was to stare at your body, turn you to the left, stare at your body again, 
turn you to it was really i don't care for that oh it was scary yeah 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 and you couldn't wear anything that hid any part of your body so that they can see your alignment and your posture yeah so and where do you fall uh with your your brothers michael and and andrew he's so they have they have very conventional american names they changed their names they did okay yeah sorry i had to ask just because yeah ask anything my older brother changed his first and last name uh andrew warner and uh my younger brother changed it here's the thing his my younger brother's name was sharon which was spelled like sharon because we didn't know how to spell when we came here yeah and my older brother's name was shuki and he he was an entrepreneur ever since he was 10 and so when he would call um you know businesses when he would call businesses people wouldn't take him seriously because of that name. So he started doing tests. What if I name myself Andrew or Tom or something mm. like that? Saw a difference. And so he changed it for his business. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's supposed to be, not to get all Ellis Island on you, but it is supposed <laughs> to be this country where we all kind of can be, to, can bring to the table what we came in with, but that's not true. Yeah, we're still I human. I mean, it, is, you, it isn't, it isn't, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We still, and also like, I talked about this on a recent podcast, but like I have friends who, just have totally normal American names that also change their names because they got teased for one reason um, or another, you know? Yeah, that's always a thing. When I think of, you know, if I were to ever have kids, what would the name be and I start rhyming it with anything? Yeah, totally. You know? I think there's an old SNL sketch like that of where it's course. like, yeah, somebody's <laughs> trying to come up with a name and they're like, oh, and every single thing they can strike down, like come up with some yeah. horrible thing that can be said. So just name your, Kim, your kid Chemda. Just go Chemda and it's, leave it there. It's inevitable. You'll yeah. get made fun of. It doesn't matter. There you go. Yeah. There you go. They'll change it if they don't like it. Did you, was that the thing like every year with a new teacher and stuff? You had to be like, here we go. But and yeah. would they just say Hemda if they couldn't pronounce the Ch? Well, for a long time I went to, until eighth grade, I went to a school where it was half Hebrew and half English. Oh, so they were that's used handy. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's handy. <laughs> couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. <laughs> I need fair. to be shot. But yes, couldn't resist. <laughs> but uh, but any time I introduced myself or any time let's say there was a roll call it would be like tim bobby nicole whatever and then the pause i'm like oh this pause is me this yeah. pause is so me yeah yeah but in new york you know there's a pause for a lot of people that's so true it's okay that's true more yeah. so than yeah if you guys had moved to like the midwest or yeah or probably. alabama i think i'd have yeah. a harder time but yeah. i tell people hemda is fine because hemda is a little difficult for people yeah that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And so, okay, so wh- where do you fall with your brothers? Oh, did you say one's older, one's younger? Yeah. Yeah. Right in the middle. Okay. Middle which, child? Do you yeah. feel? Did you feel a middle child? No, I felt a very Middle Eastern upbringing, which is very sexist. So, oh. yeah. When my, Interesting that it's Keith and the girl. Oh, uh, see, a lot of people point that, but it was my idea to name it that. Because yeah. Keith and Hemda just doesn't roll off. And, you know, I just thought... I think it's cute because it kind of has a 60s vibe to it, too. There's something it? about it that feels like... It could be like a show in the 1960s that everyone loved. I feel like it would just be ego if I had to stick my name in the title. And at first I, I started Keith and the Girl and I I kind of was thinking maybe I should just be anonymous for this because Keith's humor is harsh, mm. you know, and, and it's not like I'm, uh, I, I swear, I, you know, whatever, but he was calling out his ex-girlfriends oh, and, boy. you know, describing things that I just wanted to stay out of. Uh-huh. And so I was trying to sort of be like, yeah, I'll be your co-host just to kind of help with along with a conversation or something. But it turned out to be a bigger thing than we expected. Yeah. But uh, what was it? Oh, the middle child thing. No, well, 
when I was ready to look for colleges, um, they, it's so cute. My parents have an accent. So they go, you know, you can't go to sleepover college. I'm like, it's not a sleepover. <laughs> it's, it's my life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sleepover you can't, So I was like, well, if I can't go away, then who cares? And I just kind of, you know, was like, whatever. I'm not going to apply for anything. Where my brother went on a tour with my mother, like down to D.C. Oh and That's you know, so different. Yeah, looking for colleges, things like that. I also remember um, when I was in high school, I wasn't allowed to do certain things that my younger brother was allowed to. And he's three years younger than me. So he'd be allowed to go on vacation with his friends and their family. But if I were to go, it's Rape City. It's, yeah. you know... Their father will probably try to molest me. You know, who's going to marry a girl who just goes off without her parents? You know, my mother has said things like, yeah, my mother said things like, your boyfriend allows you to go out at night without him. You know, it's just this other world. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. How much did you butt up against that when you were a teenager with their rules and stuff? Like, were you. I was Did you even try to kind of reason with a sort of yes, an, the, the, what felt an unjust about it, I and they just wouldn't hear it? I felt like it was debate class, you know, without realizing it, because I would be like, well, here's my point, you know, and I would just try to stay as calm as possible, and I'm like, I get you, I get you, there's a culture yeah. here, fantastic, don't want to judge it, but what about the fact that, you know, I'm a good girl, because I really was, you know, I... I I don't do drugs. I didn't touch drugs, not alcohol, not anything. I just wanted to go out and dance. But that's where whores go. Oh, my so, gosh. So, you know, honestly, I just ended up lying. I just well, ended that's up, my next question, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I just, you know, at 16, 17, I just said, I'm sleeping over so-and-so's house, whatever. And then I just went to some club, Palladium, Limelight, whatever. Yeah. And, and that was my drug. You know, made out with a couple people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's impressive that, you know, I mean, this goes without saying, but you could have gone so much further. Like they're, to me, they're lucky that you didn't just completely explode. Nice try. try. I tried that. I tried telling them how bad I could have been. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was not not a, no, because they also were like, you're, you're lucky you don't have so-and-so's parents who don't even let them do this, that, and the next. And I was like, you're lucky you don't have so-and-so's kid. I'm awesome. Yeah. I would want me as a child. I really just do, you know, whatever I'm supposed to do. I just want to go outside with my peers after dark. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't. So when did, I mean, that's, so that moment with, with a, with a traditional upbringing like this, when you do leave home, how did that, like, how was that? Terrible, terrible. They and how were, old were you? I was 21, which okay. is late. You because know? you had parents who were still exercising authority over you, I'm Oh, sure. yeah, and we went to a psychiatrist about it. And wow. I didn't know that we were going because I, you know, I started saying, hey, I'm looking for apartments. This is happening. Wrap your head around it. I'm an adult, you know trying to ease them in. And they're like, okay, hey, just randomly, you want to go to psychiatrist with me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. And so every day, me and my mom, not every day, every week, me and my mom would go to psychiatrist. I'd cry the whole time, you know, and just tell me what a disappointment I am. And then we would go home with... With nothing to say, you know. Was the therapist like um, not helpful? I was gonna say like not they have. So they didn't. Have, you didn't have an advocate on your side saying, you know. No, but neither did she. It was this guy who just watched us fight. I was so angry with him, but I was trying to go along with it, just so, you know. You, you don't want somebody saying, "Well, you didn't even try. I offered you this peacemaker, and you didn't even go with it." I, 
sure, this is the psychiatrist you want. He was ethnic, he was Indian, so I felt like he understood, you know, the authority of the father figure that he was probably being with his kid, but maybe the um, the n- more New York, hey, we're outside of our own country, let's, uh, let's kind of adjust. We don't have to give in to everything American. We don't have to eat everything that they eat or whatever, but uh, we're still here. So, no, he would just watch us fight, maybe give us theories, Ugh. but not anything to really work out. Man, oh, that's so tough. Yeah. Oh, and then when I moved, they didn't talk to me for like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are they going to marry this girl off? Now I'm 37. I just got engaged, but I don't care how old I am and just got engaged. I don't know what the rush is. Really think that we should stop focusing, especially uh, on our... On uh, especially to our little girls, stop focusing on when are you getting married, when do you have a boyfriend. Stop making that a goal that can't be a goal. It has to be maybe something nice that happens or doesn't happen. Because every one of my boyfriends for a while was like, "Could I deal with this for the rest of my life? Um, is this going to be okay with my children? You know, all this kind of stuff." And instead of developing a friendship with the people that I dated and a real sense of bond or love, I was panicking about my future and, you know, excusing them for their behavior just so I don't have to start over Mm. or, you know, just this stuff that I know that some of your audience, which I'm sure are full of women, they have to be nodding a little bit to this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the way people treat you, have you ever been married? No. And I didn't, I didn't think it was a thing, you know, for American women. To ask me and and I say no. And they're like, oh, you'll find him someday. Shut up. Yeah. Well, it's really refreshing to hear someone who is going to be, who's made the decision to be married for the reasons that you've made the decision to be married. Also being able to say that, you know, that it wasn't an end game for you and that, you know, you don't owe that information. I definitely, uh, also being someone who's never been married, you know, I can certainly relate to all of that stuff. And I guess I want to. I, I want to keep talking about this. I want to jump back and and ask you what, in terms of like getting started on kind of how relationships worked for you um, when you were in high school with these parents under this <laughs> roof. What did that look like for you in high school? You know, were you even allowed? Did you sneak around? Did you uh, did you not engage? I think I just thought I was ugly for a very long time, and I thought. Um, I didn't really understand how it works. It felt like everyone around me was dating, but me, it felt like everyone was making out with people and it was so easy and they were getting picked up and going over here and going over there. And I was doing what I thought I should do. Alyssa Milano went to the mall on who's the boss. So I went to the mall. Alyssa Milano talked (laughs) to boys. So I talked about boys any chance I got, you know, not in front of my parents, but It just wasn't working. I thought anyone who showed any interest was trying to mess with me. Mm. You know, like, oh, I think I think you're good looking. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, they're, they're playing a trick on me. You know mm. how in the movies, the girl with the ponytail, yeah. they, they, you know, like they make her the prom queen as a joke. Yeah. Not that it, they were trying to make such an elab- elaborate scheme, but I just, I was just so nervous talking yeah. to people just so nervous yeah and so it didn't god that's a horrible thing to carry around with you too this idea of like if this starts to seem like it's going well it's probably a joke on me or like yeah. i can't trust this yeah. so i'll just 
not take that risk. Yeah, I, I would sooner just laugh it off and walk away. And, I, yeah. and now I wonder what it, and there were very few people who even, yeah. and, and who knows, maybe I was just- But there was never a time where that actually happened to you. It was just a fear. I don't know. I right? don't know. Right. But like you, <laughs> but like you were never had a thing where like the joke, like you, it ended no. up being the joke was on you. Yeah, it was just something that you thought No, I have no happen. precedent for this yeah, fear yeah. other than movies. Yep. Other than that's what the awkward girl gets, you know, in a movie. Did your parents, in addition to sort of, you know, the stuff that they didn't necessarily approve of, did they contribute to you feeling pretty or not pretty? Did they criticize you? Because I was just talking to someone on the podcast about the parent. I I can't remember who it was, but I just, oh, I think it was Lauren Ashley Bishop. I just remember, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was Jillian Vigman, but um, this idea of a parent really being, in your face about how you look and what, what you how you dress and all that kind of stuff. And my parents were just not really, they didn't talk about that stuff really. So I mm. didn't, I didn't, I mean, I think they were both like, you're pretty or whatever, but they weren't like, they didn't coddle me in that way. But they also, my mom would never have been like, you know, you're getting heavy. You know what I mean? Like they would never have kind of done that. They were just less yeah. engaged in that way. So I'm wondering what that was like for you. I would like to preface this with my parents are wonderful. <laughs> they, I, I you know, fully, uh, but in everybody terms, has a different set of challenges presented by exactly. you know, who they are and who their parents are. And my parents pretty much gave up their life for me. Once they started having kids, they took that so seriously. They wanted to make the best route, the most opportunity for me. The you know just what really if if my mom was people's mom, then the world would be a better place. Until you reach a certain age where she can't adapt to that new thought, which. I can't imagine her place and how you would do that. I understand that a lot of parents go through it, but once I started to develop my own things, it was a little difficult because we clashed, you know, ethnically, I guess. Um, so, okay. So I did have, I always thought I was fat because they were always like, ah, 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 don't reach for another thing, you know, at, at dinner. And I'm just like, okay. And they're like, maybe you should lose 10 pounds. <laughs> like, constantly so they really yeah they did they sort of i guess and, and i don't know it's a quick yeah. good question like how much parents should or shouldn't play that part in a yeah. child's life because you do see some young children especially with the way food is available and processed and stuff here and how we're sold it on you know television and stuff yeah. and that's know. where i am now i go you know maybe they really did stop me from being obese you know because I do believe I have an addiction to food. I don't know if it's, you know, what came first, but I I do have this thing in me that is just, that could get very large and that I have to monitor it. So I guess they were just monitoring how much I intake. Maybe they could have done it more gentle, you know? And so I am not just self-conscious about it. I'm conscious about what and why and everything else and maybe more conversation. But, you know, they were trying their best. But... I think part of why I thought I was ugly is because I didn't look like people like you, to be honest, you know, that was what was happening. You know, the bright eyes, the light eyes, the light hair. I didn't know what to do with my hair. I thought I looked, I didn't understand that that's what ethnic looks like. You shouldn't try to look like, you know, white America or, and I'm not even, I'm not even that brown. It's just the, the, the features didn't match what I'm watching on TV. I could never have bangs and bangs were in and I could never comb my hair. You know, again, I'm, I'm talking about my hair, but I just didn't know. No, but know. I think it's, it's so representative of larger stuff. It's completely fair to kind of talk about yeah, and I can't individual tell. pieces about our physical selves that represent like how we do or do not fit into, yeah. you know, more complex stuff. Yeah, I think once, you know, Scary Spice came out, that helped. And I was like, yeah, right on. And once I was like, you know what? 
then I guess I just look like this and let me look like this the best I can. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then that started like, well, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is more badass than like a blonde chick with like no hips or whatever. You know, maybe I'll just go with that. I'll just be, you know, a little darker, a little more mysterious, a little louder, whatever, you know? So I, I started getting into that i started and how old were you when you started to feel that shift yeah yeah. i don't know why my dog is yelping (laughs) like she's dying she misses you yeah i'm like halfway around the corner to stopping this for a second and just seeing if she needs to go outside i don't really know what it is um yeah you guys i'm gonna pause for a second this is a whitley situation okay i gotta apologize to both you and the listener but um it was just a whitley situation where she was Making some noise. I've got her outside. I don't know what the outcome of that is going to be. Um, <laughs> she doesn't tend to try to escape when I'm home. Oh. It would just be like if I was gone. If I'm home, she feels like, okay, alpha dog is like around and it's everything safe and I can just sniff around and like look at what's going on in the world. But like if I leave, then it's like all bets are off. Well, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. I would be crying too. <laughs> um, maybe she did. Maybe she did. I really hope so. It'd be so awesome if she had has now learned that she needs to go outside instead of just being like, I guess I got to go. Well, I'll do it in here or That's wherever. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So, um, okay. So in high school, you really just didn't uh, date. No? I had a fake boyfriend. Um this is is so weird. I went, you know, for a weekend thing at some Jewy hotel and met another Jew, <laughs> which everyone was very pleased about. We were both 15. He was 6'2", very good looking, had a build that 15-year-olds don't have. I didn't really care. I don't want to disrespect him. I don't care. I just, someone was interested in me. Let's go for it. Right. You know? Right. So he didn't know that was my first kiss, you know, because I just thought I was late. And I was like, yeah, I do this all the time. I don't know why you would want to tell that to someone, but I'm like, yeah, 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 this is normal. You know? So we kissed, we did other things that made no sense because nobody knew what they were talking about. And he was my first penis interaction. Uh (laughs) And this was not good. Oh no. Huh? First of all, we talked about it. He's like, come on, you know, convincing and always talk dirty, like over the phone. And I would, didn't know what to say because I'm like, what are you talking about? 15-year-old talking dirty. That yeah. seems like, where do you where do you, not, where do you find out how to do that no, when you're 15? No, no. no, not like good talking dirty. Oh. Like just sexually talking. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. So I, I think from what I remember, I just kind of stayed silent. Like, okay, like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? We don't do these things. I don't know what you're saying you know and it was it was general God, stuff. i hate to make you get too specific because know. you know but like what i'm trying to figure out i was like okay here's what here's what i'm recapping he would talk about sex stuff on the phone but he wasn't sex. and you weren't having sex no. would he say like guys i uh, listen if anybody's <laughs> well i'll give the classic ira glass sensitive uh <laughs> mature listener warning if you are listening to this with your children i don't know who would do that every single one of my podcasts is more explicit but I mean, okay, you said not good talking dirty, but like 
So that's fine. But I mean, like, what does that mean? Like, I would like for you to at some point see my penis. Like, would you say something like that? Because uh, that's not like sexy in a dirty way. But that's not sexy either. But that, but that, like, but that still sounds like he thought he was being like erotic, like sexy talk. I'm sure he did. Yeah, and it's not his fault either. But he so was young. But that goes back to what I was saying, which is where do you learn to do that? Was he watching porn that early I back then? Was- it's like, yeah, you can see porn everywhere, no matter how old you are now. Unfortunately, because of the internet. But back then. When I was 15, I don't remember having a whole lot of like ideas or access on like where I would even see you have, porn. you have enough access to know what sex is. And he had already had sex. He looked yeah. so mature I guess that, that makes ad- sense. adults were I'm having probably sex being with like him. a super old lady right now. Yeah, no, th- I mean, 15 year olds, you could talk about sexual I stuff. Yes, I could. Absolutely. I guess I just hadn't seen enough por- straight up hardcore porn to know what kinds of dirty things people would say to each other in that context. Cause porn teaches people a lot, probably no, a lot is, of stuff that harms our, in our real intimacies as well. But first of all, if sorry, you're 15 porn years- lovers. I know there are a lot of you who listen to this podcast. I'm not even kidding. There's a lot of porn lovers. I get it. I totally get it. I don't know why I sound like all shy and whatever. I always talk about my sexcapades, you know, on, on my show, but it just seems odd to talk about my 15 year old. Cause I'm a little embarrassed that I just stayed quiet on it. Uh, he was having sex already. He looked so adult that adults were having sex with him. Um, and he was just being a 15-year-old, just going like, ah, this is so weird to say into a microphone. Like, you're so hot. I can't wait to, you know, get in your pants again. But like, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I, I, I want to touch your pussy. Probably, right. probably. I don't remember. I just remember feeling like, Ugh, and then what? I think we did that. I don't think I felt anything, you know, but it wasn't as... It wasn't anyone's fault. We just were doing this stuff that I felt whatever about. And then he started talking about, will you give me a hand job? So I talked to my next door neighbor because she had already done that. And I said, Thank God you had someone you could go to. Thank God, because this would have been so embarrassing. I really thought that a hand job was petting the penis. Oh. I really had uh, no... Look at me. Like, it's adorable. But it feels adorable. But, like, why wouldn't you think that? I don't you know. know? <laughs> why wouldn't you think that? Why wouldn't you think that? I'm trying to remember the first time I heard terms without knowing what they were and, like, what I might have thought. I mean, please, a blowjob? Like, people could totally assume that you're just, like, lightly totally. blowing, like, you're whistling onto onto it. I might have thought that at some point. I mean, yeah. And so I thought you had to pet. I, I don't even think I told my my next door neighbor. We were friends. I think she just said, well, you know how to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. And she showed me the sign, you know, the up and down motion. I was like, oh, I'm glad she, you know, I'm glad she kind of knew that I was lying or whatever I was doing. So here comes the day. We're at my parents' house because that's where I live. I'm, I had my own room. So are these, oh, hold on, uh, to back up. D- uh, so he wasn't, he, we met him at this hotel. I mean, like you were on a vacation with your family. Yeah. And he was too. Yeah. And he did or did not live in the same area once you got back. Like he, We both lived in New York, but he yeah. lived like an hour away. But they liked that he was Jewish. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, he can come over. Did they know his parents? Did they get to know his parents or anything? I mean, his par- here's the thing. He lived far away and we didn't have a license. And so his, his father worked something in the city. So he would drop him off on our, quote, dates, which were ridiculous. He would drop him off before he went to work, which was so early. And I, and I didn't, I was like, why am I miserable? And I'm like, yeah, cause who wants to deal with anyone at eight 30 in the morning, oh, no. you know, until like, and, oh, and make no. shit happen all day. Like, Whoa, oh, that's intense. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was just tired. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's yeah. a long ass date. Yeah. So they would, I mean, we must've dated for like a month and saw each other twice or three times, but I was so excited. I was like, I had a boyfriend. This is official. I am wanted. I'm normal. I'm all the stuff. Let's touch this penis. <laughs> so, so we went, so, okay. So it's so awkward. There was no throwdown. There was no reason to be touching his penis. So he kind of half lays down on my bed. His feet are still on the floor. And his pants are down. I was like, oh, God, is that what it... Oh, I knew what it looked like, but I'm like, it's so close to me. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was horrified. It was, the, it was just... And it wasn't like his penis was not good. I don't know. Right. I just like, why would anyone want to touch this? Yeah. And so I touched it. And I'm doing it. And I'm just like, okay, thank God he's laying down because I am making faces. I'm just going, what? Wincing and grimacing. Yeah. And then he looked down and saw me wincing and grimacing. Oh, no. And I and he's like, what is going on? I go, I don't know, nothing, I don't know. And he goes, do you not want to do this? I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm doing it. And, uh, and he goes, just forget it, you know? I mean, because he was just, you know, you don't want to look down and see that. So Ugh. pulls up a pants, tell me I gave him blue balls. And I was like, that's your response? But I didn't know how to say that. But I said, you know... We had no words for things. I just felt awkward. We went about our And you didn't have like a real friendship with this person, right? I mean, no. did it feel? Yeah. No, it just felt like this is what it takes to be normal. Yeah. So I'll just do that. Yeah. And I was a very sexual person. I just, I don't, I just don't think that, you know, the first time I went further with a guy was awesome, you know, but I think I was And how much time passed between that and then when you did? Not even, you, to. you know. Not even that much time. It was probably a year, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was my next-door neighbor's brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep it in the neighborhood. Yep. Yeah, it turns out my younger brother was also messing around with his younger sister. And so we told each other later on. So all this secret stuff was happening. And I had a, I had a ball with that. I think I just had some sort of chemistry with him. I didn't even... Like, I don't remember liking him as a person. I thought that he was kind of a jerk, <laughs> but my vagina was moving for you him. You wouldn't be the first person to think someone was a jerk and still be attracted to them, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, so I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to sleep with him, but I will blow him because I'm a lady. <laughs> Great. And by then, I, I assume someone told you how to do that, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, uh, I guess I must, somebody, Maybe something. Maybe just figure it out. I think so. I, probably a lot of us did at that, like, eventually watch a lot of porn. Like, I mean, eventually, maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to think of I guess how I, thought, I what came else? to understand sex. I think eventually I did probably watch porn. I don't know. It's no, he weird. must have helped me, I think. He just, yeah. yeah, he did. He explained it. He he explained what he's like, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. He explained with fingers. Oh, that's, yeah. You know what? That's handy. Hey, I enjoyed handy. myself. Yeah. And you got what you needed, yeah. and that was that was better. And so, what about when you really finally met someone that you had like deep emotional feelings for and a connection with, and also that you were attracted to and wanted to be sexual with? Within two months, I'm like, this is the person I'm going to marry. I'm so glad I'm on track. I'm 18 years old. I, I'm so <sighs> glad I didn't wait until I was too old. This is fantastic. Okay, but I got to explain to my parents that he's not Jewish. They'll figure it out. They'll love him like I do. Like all this stuff was, you know, I was crying at weddings with my parents because I'm like, they're never going to be this happy for me because my man's not Jewish. It's just mm. madness in my brain. All the stories we tell ourselves, right? The, the stories that we get so into about who we are and what is expected of us and what our relationship is like with our family. I mean, it's just like yeah. novels that we write in our own heads. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't realize until later also, I didn't lose my virginity very well. 
Yeah. I just wasn't right. I never understood why that would feel good. And so we would do that thing where it's just the tip sort yeah. of thing. What a big bu- girls, if you're listening and this has not happened to you, believe that it is a scam. It's a scam because all of a sudden, because that feels good. And I'm like, okay, well, if that feels good, we'll do that. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. This feels different. What are we doing? And he goes, oh, we're making love. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Thank you. Because what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I didn't know what making love was, but I'm like, this, this ain't it. I know oh. it isn't. And I'm like, what? And it felt really good. But at the same time, I was very confused. We didn't have, we didn't have an agreement I specifically said, I don't want to do this, but it's still feeling great, you know? How confusing. It was so confusing. So I just kind of, I think I was just kind of stiff about it. Or maybe I wasn't. And he goes, you seemed like you like it, but he stopped. And I'm like, well, then why are you stopping? We're already doing it. And then it was just cold. So bizarre. Not cool. Not cool. Yeah, I just, you know. And this, so so this guy, this is when you're 18. Yeah. And this guy, how long after that experience happened did you guys did you be like i guess this isn't the guy i'm gonna marry uh i mean he was fun we had a good time it wasn't you know completely bs but it was i think all of my quote serious relationships or real boyfriends and i didn't call you boyfriend until i was like this is really nice you know they all lasted somewhere between six to nine months which i think at that point you kind of go working not working Mm -hmm. Because things start having to click in very specific ways that they start not to click in. Mm -hmm. So, and it was a heartbreak, but at the same time, I was happy about it. You know, it was Mm -hmm. good. It was, you know, I I think I moved on pretty well because I understood, well, if this isn't feeling good or isn't, you know, clicking well, it's not that bad that we didn't get married. That's good. I mean, that's really, I think that's a presence of mind that a lot of us don't have when we're younger because we we focus on like the pride stuff, yeah. you know, and like yeah. the fat feeling of like, even, I mean, younger people I think are more resilient about quote unquote starting over or what have you. Um, Cause maybe they is, didn't take it as seriously and they yeah. didn't go through as serious a thing with that partner. Now yeah. we have to, you know, pay rent together and you know, we're intertwining a lot that yeah. has to be unraveled. And I'm not saying I walked away, you know, with, com- I, I didn't walk away with that much ease in every relationship or, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I'm not saying I didn't feel rejected, you know, but in, in certain relationships, I was like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So we might as well do that. Yeah. Let me, let me go back to, to, um, when you were an adolescent, like, so I know about the dance that you took. What else, like, were you super excited about, you know, whether your parents got it or not? Like, what were you, what did you spend your time doing your free time? And what, what were you passionate about? Really a lot of dance. I went to clubs all the time. I just, I would dance for hours and hours and hours. And uh, I really did like connecting with people. I did like um, meeting people. I did like making out with people. I did, I, I just wanted to be outside. If it was the weekend, can I please just go to the West Village and I just want to hang with my friends and whatever you'll, as far as you'll let me go, I'm going to do that. And if I can get away with going further, just, I mean, distance-wise from the house, mm-hmm. the radius, I would just do. But I wasn't very complicated. I wasn't, there wasn't that much going on. I didn't think that I can, you know, work in the arts at all. So that was off the table until later I became a clown. You and, did. Yes. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about that for a hot second. So fun. So Where, fun. When did, when did you do that and, and how? 
I was, I started around 18 and I was going to Queens College local. I ended up dropping out after a year, year and a half, but saw an ad says, do you like working with kids? Do you like money? And I'm like, I like all these things. (laughs) This is my list. Please take me. And I I worked for uh, a a company. I wasn't always a clown. I was Pocahontas. I was a Power Ranger. I was just a person who ran games with kids. I did all that stuff. And it was fantastic that is awesome yeah i totally could have gone down that road i would have yeah. clowned it up with some kids for sure so fun so you straight up put on clown makeup yep love it send you a picture please yeah. do i don't i know julie sent me some pictures but i, I don't actually it's in there okay yeah. i hadn't looked at him yet so i wasn't yeah. sure if clown if, if the clown was in there definitely full makeup how what kind of clown training did you receive i learned how to do kitty magic mm-hmm. i learned how to do balloon animals which was one of my favorite That's things kind of amazing yeah i still like doing it i oh, volunteer God, I sometimes wish i had some balloons i could have you make me oh. like a wiener dog oh i could definitely do that with <gasps> a, a pregnant wiener dog with oh. a little ball in the middle oh yeah. listen to you Oh, yeah, we're big time here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't pull your punches. I love it. That is amazing. Yeah. And how? so how long did you do that? Oh, that years. Um, oh, that's so great. 10 to 13 or 14 years oh, or something like so that. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I, I love pers- that you just felt, I mean, that like you really just saw a fire for it. You know what I'm saying? That it wasn't like. It changed my as life. as simple as that. And it changed your life. It changed my life. It made me understand that I didn't have to get a job that I despised that was on schedule with everybody else's. I could work on the weekends. It made me believe that I can pursue a singing career, which I started to do, which yeah. I started to record, go on tours. And I was like, yeah, this, Okay. Now I could yeah. start being me for real. And how old were you? Were you still living under your parents' roof when you started doing that stuff? Yeah, I was and 18. And they like, uh, or they, they like that you got a job and that you were sort of out there? They understood that I really loved working with kids. They thought I'd either be a teacher, which I was definitely considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always tutored kids, babysat kids. I, you know, I think they were just like, this is cool until she has her own babies, you know? Um, and they know that I feel like they understood how good and how much I liked it, you know, yeah, and how good at it I was, yeah, because I just loved just 20 kids at a time, 100 kids at a time. I just loved them. I'd love yeah. that, yeah, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, and what was the other thing that I wanted to ask you based off of that? Uh, I got real excited about the clowning stuff. <laughs> um, you know what? Actually, maybe that's a fun way to kind of launch into. Well, let's do the cootie catcher because we'll see if there's a if there's a question in here that um, that we have that hits like a, a pocket that we haven't touched on. Um, okay, so pick a color. Uh, blue. Okay, blue. B L U E. Pick a number. Two. One two one another number. Two. One two another number. Seven. Okay. The question under seven is. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Or just a good piece of advice. I'm always terrible when I get like, what's your number one movie or mm. you da, da, da. But if someone's like, what's a movie you love? Then I can, I feel the flexibility of like, okay, right. the pressure's off. I can just say like one movie that I love. Uh, this, this is so corny, but we've, we learned this in kindergarten, be yourself, but they don't really tell us how to do that. Mm. And uh, be yourself just feels like, a joke because if I was myself when I first met you, I would be awkward, you know, because there is a self that you put out there into the world where you have to interact with people, but there's finding your inner calm. And I, I wish there were more sort of classes or uh, thoughts on that while we were growing up and while we were learning 
instead of just throwing out, just be yourself. Yeah. So, God, that's great. That's great. And I'm going to piggyback on that one quick second and say, I love what you just said because I volunteer for this organization called the Art of Elysium. And I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but there's this one program that's like one of my favorite programs to do with them, which is called Girl Talk. And it is specifically for young women anywhere from like age, I don't know, I think this last group I just did was like six to 16. So it's really runs the gamut. Of, That's so cool. And, but it's for little girls. Um, most of them have cleft palates or have had cleft palate surgeries, but some of them just have other facial disfigurements. Could be like a tumor, could be, you know, anything. Could I, I don't know if it's like, if it, you've been in an accident, I think it's more like congenital stuff. But, um, but they do this great series of exercises. One of them is called STEPS. And STEPS stands for um, self-talk, uh, eye contact, posture, and smile. And the whole idea is like, it's kind of what you just said. It's like, here it is, this thing that's being done specifically for very, a very specific group of young women who, who encounter maybe deeper self-esteem issues because, you know, your face, everybody just sees that. And when you're a kid, people are so careless and, and they will make fun of right, whatever they can. And, um, but it just pointed out, not even knowing. yeah, Yeah, totally. But it, and it's such a great program, but it's such a great program for, for young people in general, because it really is this kind of extension of be yourself, which is like, understand like think before you speak and understand that the way that you're presenting yourself is going to have an impact on how you feel on the inside too and all of that stuff where you really kind of get to know what being yourself means yeah i think everyone could benefit from that to piggyback on that if you feel awkward you're right if you feel weird especially when you're younger you're right you're not it's not coming from you. You're not being different and, and they're just responding to your difference. If you're feeling weird, you're absolutely right. And if you don't know how to find yourself, I think that I would never tell people to stay in the group that they um, that is just similar to them just because I do feel diversity is it helps you out. But as a start, if you have a, um, a hobby that you think is nerdy or boring or whatever, somebody else, and this is why the internet is so good for kids sometimes, somebody out there is that passionate about your passion, start with them. Make each other feel good. You know what I mean? Love it. And, and, then, and then once you realize, well, this isn't so weird, then start speaking to people who, you know, you would be afraid might find you weird and you'd have that like sense of I'm a nerd and proud of it. I'm, you know, I, I'm a knitting enthusiast and proud of it. And, and you will start, I mean, knitting became a trend because people were proud of it, you know, and nerdism became a trend because people were like, you know what? I'm proud of it. And I am being myself. And I do like this that you might not like too bad. I got my own system. I got my posse. Bye. You don't like it. That's it. So I feel like that might be a start. I love it. I love every word that just came out of your mouth. Um, I'm going to jump into some mash with you. Uh, Did you get to do, did you do much traveling? Did you get to go to, have you been to Israel? Have you sort of seen, have you been to Iran or Iraq or? Iran I'm scared of. I, there, there are too many rules and I feel like I could step outside of it and it would be dangerous. Um, And, but I have visited Israel. My my parents moved back about six years ago, so I visited twice or three times since they moved. Okay. So, and how about elsewhere? 
Have you been able to do any traveling? Yeah, I've been to your. I I did a lot of traveling when I was pursuing singing because I got some okay, gigs like France well, so and Germany and all right around the U.S. I'm going to start with that. I'm going to okay. start with that. Uh, okay, so three places that you have your vacation home anywhere in the world. Oh well, uh, Lauren grew up on Maui, so it'd be nice to Great be close to her family. Also, um, Great answer. I, I would like something, you know, that is drivable upstate, you know, no more than two hours, mm-hmm. if that's a location. Okay. <laughs> upstate, I guess. Upstate New York. Yeah. And, oh, that's tough. Vancouver. Vancouver just seems lovely. Well, I've been there a few times and it is lovely. It has a lot of things. I love Vancouver. I'm yeah. 100% on board. The only thing I wasn't prepared for was how dark it is in the winter, like how dark oh. and rainy it is. But boy, in the spring, summer, and fall, it is couldn't be more picturesque. There. Could not be more picturesque. Um, God, here's the thing. I gotta just say this right now. I didn't know that Lauren was a girl. I because I don't know you, so I didn't know that, whether Lauren was male or female. I just assumed because it there it's a name for both that like it was a it was a guy. We didn't even like I didn't even tap into sort of your your sexuality which by the way is none of my business no, you don't want it to be make it your but, business um, i kept bringing her up but here's the thing lauren is a trans dude okay but uh is living in a female body so Great. when you see lauren you'll see you know visually a girl so yep. she's female sexed and male brained uh-huh. i guess you know like uh i was have a trouble explaining it but i think yeah, male brain is... Did you meet Lauren before or after transitioning? No transition. No transition. No, so she... Okay. She was born female. Got it. A female body. Got it. But is male. So um, you might hear me speak in male pronouns. Got but it. But when you meet this person because he was born in a female body, um, you know, when we first meet people, we allow the she, and she's also uh, allow, you know... Um, also learning a lot about this oh sure and uh, so and so no plans to transition i say this because you probably don't know this but i've had my cousin on my podcast my cousin's like my brother my cousin was born female and it's transition male okay and so we've talked about all of this on the podcast before in terms of his transition but he definitely wanted to transition like he is fully you know his birth certificate now reads that he was born male there's definitely the thought of transition there's definitely like the option is kept open Mm -hmm. um but uh he's pursuing acting and so um he already established himself as a female actor so he's acting like a girl right do you know what i mean so so it's what acting is you can do whatever you want exactly so he wants to be hired as a girl um and as female roles and and all that stuff so mm-hmm. and doesn't want that to hinder you know the the trans male aspect to hinder the work that he gets so you know he's comfortable being called both but mm-hmm. uh likes being acknowledged as a male God, we are so lucky to live in the time we are i mean there's yeah. still so much work to be done but I'm so glad that I just said this because I so want to be able to acknowledge that as like absolutely a vi- you know a viable choice, and I don't mean choice in like a oh it's a lifestyle thing, but in terms of how you characterize yourself to the world and playing with gender and yeah. recognizing that it's still going to be a challenge for people because people are getting used to the idea, but to keep pushing the envelope in that way, and I just have nothing but respect for it. Oh, cool. I mean, there's no force in it, but, you know, anyone who knows and, and acknowledges it is is very nice, but also, you know, again, the pursuit of a career is very important, so yeah. until 
maybe something happens. I don't know. But LaurenHennessy.com, if I may. Sure. My God, absolutely. It's Brilliant. so funny, too, because when you were just saying that the internet's great and that you can find, if you feel out of place where you are, you can find someone who agrees. I was, I'm so tired of bringing up this American life. I didn't do it. But I was <laughs> moments away from saying that the episode, I think it's called Matchmaking, has one of the best stories I just shared with Julian, my cousin, who the who regular listeners know who I'm talking about, because it's this. There's a wonderful story in it about two little girls born girls, who, no, two little boys born boys who uh, identify as girls, very young, which is still unusual. You know, it's still it, it's a more it's, it's becoming more and more normal for very young children to understand that they feel different, right? But it's just a great story about two girls who met online and became best friends because they felt so understood by one another mm. and it really impacted the way that they deal with their own local communities as well as you know like with the little kids who are like my mom says you're a boy but you dress like a girl and all that right. kind of stuff so I was so close to saying it and I had no idea about Lauren so that's yeah. really funny and Lauren would have loved to have had that language uh, because she was always waiting for her penis to grow in you know and, and she just thought like oh that's what the transition will be you know they talk about how our bodies change sure my penis is going to grow in any day like from such a young age yeah. to even think about your genitalia really you know uh, except for peeing you know right. potty training but right. yeah it's it's very interesting and in fact uh, I think she'd be a great interview for you oh my god uh, it done you know? I mean I'm totally in and 100% kind of thing, in you know you only have female guests on she would want to be female guest on your show yep. representing that men look different. Her, it's, you know, I, I, I couldn't be more excited about this. Yeah. I couldn't be more excited about this <laughs> because I've had Julian. So to have someone who is still female identified, but male brained is like, well, a male, great, male identified, but uh, male identified, but female also bodied. female bodied. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm super on board. I'm so cool. excited about that. I'm glad we took that quick mash break. Okay. <laughs> so we've got your vacation home location. Um, I would love to... No, listen, I'm going to go down this road with you. But if, but if it triggers anything, also feel free to tell me to go fuck myself. Um, but as someone who has brought up like the food stuff on the podcast before, because I know how how specific it is and how confusing it can be in a world where you have to have food to live. Yeah. I personally, with those issues in mind, still love the question of what if I could eat three things that I love with no ramifications whatsoever, no guilt and no change to my body. To me, that is like the best mash question ever. So, but it, you could also be like, I don't want to no. get into it about food. But if no. you would like to answer that question, I would love to hear what you love. I play this with Lauren when right. we go on like road trips or something, you know, and we have some time to just kind of talk about nothing. You know, when people do, would you rather? Yes. I do a food version where, okay, what would you rather um, turn into salad in your belly? <laughs> Perfect. You can give me three things that turn into salad in your belly. I love it. Okay, pizza is the best food ever. God, everyone is united on that. You know, it's boy. There would be world peace if it was just pizza based. Who yes. doesn't like pizza? All right. Oh, and I want to say falafel, but my name is Chemda, and that is so wrong. You're allowed to say it if you love it. <laughs> I really, I, I, I really like falafel, but really, uh, 
there's like falafel sandwich. It has to have the Israeli salad. The, Does it have um, like a yogurty dressing on it? I don't like the dressing. Okay, all right. Uh, but I do want the hot sauce on it. I'm taking an order. You're taking an order, right? Yeah. I want the me... hot sauce. I want the falafel. <laughs> I want the Israeli salad chopped really yep. small. And I want the french fries in the sandwich. Ooh, Thank you. French yeah. fries in the sandwich I did not see coming. Hell yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> Israeli so style. Good. <laughs> oh, mama, ma. Oh, uh, okay. Amazing. Uh, okay. What's number three? More. Oh, I feel like pasta is redundant, but I'm saying it. No, you're I, so you're a savory. You don't have the sort of like mounds of oh, right. cakes and cupcakes. Didn't even think of it, but I'll eat it. Yeah. You know, I, I crave it. I do like yeah. the chocolate, chocolate, anything. Yeah. But if I feel free to change any of these, otherwise I've got pizza, falafel sandwich and pasta. Oh man. We can go on for days. I'm just going to leave know. it. Yeah. It's okay, great. And food. It just put food on the list. Delicious, <laughs> delicious, delicious, wonderful food. Um, okay. What about three? This is the, if, if you can think of this off the top of your head, but like, what about three albums if you could cover the entire album, like Whoa. without, yeah, just like three albums that you're like, God, I would love to sing every single song on that or like enough songs yeah. that like, it would be cool to just get to cover that entire album. Wow. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Great answer. Fiona Apple. What was the one where she had, I've been a bad, bad girl. Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's not one me. of those ones that have a really long name, is it? Who no, I don't. I'm so bad at albums. I'm just going to put What's Fiona the first Apple. One that she, yeah. you know, I also am terrible at it. And okay, uh, Fiona Apple's first album, love it. Aretha Franklin, best of, best of Aretha, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, great answers, great answers. By the way, I'm not going to tell you if I think answers are bad because I'm going to think they're all great because they're from you. Um, <laughs> that bitch Mariah Carey would have uh, been my fourth, but oh, oh she's too so- bad. She didn't make the cut. <laughs> she did not make the cut. Um, okay. What about, um, oh, there was another one I wanted to ask you. What about if you could do, if you, if you, there was a skill, three skills that you do not currently have that you wish you could wake up tomorrow and just be amazing at? Oh, I want to play the guitar so bad and my fingers are fat and heavy. Ugh. Ugh. Um, I and I'll do it. I want to be an artist. I want to like draw. Like a fine artist. Yeah. Yeah. Drawing. Because. Great. You wake up and you dreamt and you want to explain it, but it's so stupid to explain it. But if I could draw that, if I could draw my feelings, if I could describe Agreed. things to you visually, wow. Agreed. Me too. And the last one, oh, goodness gracious, um, act, like really act, like really be able to just turn it on. Great. I've done some acting, but I am BSing everything while I do that. I'm, why don't I say bullshit? Bullshit. Yeah. We can curse. All right. You can definitely curse. But you can also say BS. They're both charming. Yeah. Um, okay. What about... Um, what about three... I'm trying to think of something ki- kind of kid-related in some way. This is so fun. I really do feel like I'm 12 and we're having a sleepover. I know, right? It's so cool. Um, What about three things that they don't even have to be your own kids. It can just be like whether you have nieces and nephews, whether you just like are remembering the fondness that you had for kids that you do like birthday parties and stuff with. What are three activities that it would just be really fucking fun to do with like a couple kids that you just adore? Ooh, Cooking or baking. Great one. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, really races, I think, are really fun with children. Oh, yeah, that's great. 
And I, I like that kids are so into crafts because I forget that I could, you know, right? put macaroni on a piece of paper and be proud of oh myself. Oh my God. That is the best part about volunteering is that you are just getting to do all of the stuff that like no one will yeah. let you quote unquote do anymore. We are like finger paints. Let's do this. Totally. Let's get into it. Crafts. Great answer. Right. Um, okay. This. <laughs> you're, you're totally winning this. Um, give me uh, three. Is there like. I'm trying to think of something dance related, like Hmm. maybe three places. Give me three scenarios where it's like somewhere in the world and you're doing a style of dance, like in, Hmm. you know what I mean? Like maybe you're doing like a flamenco in Spain or you're on stage doing ballet in Russia or something like that. Like three sort of like little pictures we have in our mind. Yeah. I actually do picture myself as a ballerina sometimes and I suck at ballet my body is nowhere near ballet you know that is a very specific specific. yeah I I mean even if I wanted to I couldn't but sometimes when I hear music I picture myself prancing yep like the lightest feather okay so put yourself um doing about doing a ballet somewhere where is it what would be fun place to be doing ballet oh god everything would be uh youtube (laughs) yeah (laughs) no um uh, like a, a Carnegie like, Hall oh, would be that's amazing. Great, yeah. Okay, what about another one? Um, break dancing, love it. Yeah, I where are you break dancing? So not cool at at some dive somewhere where you had to get a password. Yeah, and only because you're so cool. Great, and, you know you know how to shake hands with people. <laughs> great. Okay, and then what's the last one? What is the last one? Um. A belly dancer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Where's at, that happening? At a bar mitzvah because it's hilarious. That is the best thing. <laughs> I had a I had a belly dancer at my bar mitzvah. Amazing. It's a great <laughs> answer. Okay. How about <clears throat> three people, living or dead, uh, fictional or non-fictional, that you wish you could spend a day with? Um, Tracy Chapman. Great. There's something about her face she's up there in uh, san francisco we gotta Ugh. get we gotta hook that up oh don't say things like that to me i yeah. just find her just soothing i love her face too what a yeah. face yeah what a compassionate yes beautiful face yeah oh, great uh again alanis morissette mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i feel like she is uh an everyday person that all i hear is nice things about her all I hear is that she's a great person. Yeah, I feel like she she learns things and shares it with people, and I'm being yeah. so corny, and I love it, and I want to just sit there and it's be great. corny with her. It's great. And oh god, I'm such a cheese ball, Aretha Franklin, just to know what What's it's like. Cheesy about that. To, great. Yeah, diva of all divas. Oh my god, killer vocals. Best, yeah, she's best a badass. Thing. Yeah. She's a badass. Talk about paving the way for people. Oh, my god. Um, okay, last one is romantic date with Lauren anywhere doing anything could be a road trip could be sitting on a train could be at a restaurant give me three three things as specific or as as general as you want every year we just did our fifth annual one every year she and I go camping by ourselves and it is our favorite thing to do um so just sit outside. And I also want to do like, there's this place that's just out of reach to just not make it worth it right now. But I know I will. I want to go to one of those trampoline places. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like netting and then just the deep yes. bouncy trampolines. Yes. Great date. That's a great date. Yeah. 
And um, for our honeymoon, we're going glamping, by the way. Love it's it. Funny. I did not know glamping was a thing until the recent Project <laughs> Runway episode when they said glamping like 80,000 times. It's obnoxious. And I was like, I just found out about glamping and now I already hate it because it's been over-talked. <laughs> right, right. But I just want to be outdoors and, you know, still be, you know, refreshing enough to have sex with. Got it. Um, although we have... Sensible. You know, that you never deters us. Sure. Okay. So... Um, and the last one would be just an over-the-top sort of, you know, bougie. Yep. Too nice a dinner that costs too much. Yep. And really just uh, me being a princess and, you know, her being a prince and just being catered to and yep. obnoxiously. Listen, you had me at bougie dinner. If that's <laughs> what I've got on here. Okay, so I'm going to start this little spiral. You tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, shorty. Uh- one, two... <laughs> Three, four. I'm, it's going straight four. Cool. Um, all right. This will be quick. Uh, I'm pausing it. I will return with your 100% guaranteed future. Woo. Okay. That was really good. That was like, boy, some of these ones where I have like 10 that I have to go through and 10 rings I have to go through. This The four is nice and easy. It keeps it clean. Okay. First of all, uh, I want to tell... This This all makes so much sense to me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start out with this little triad right here, which is that... Not only do you play guitar amazingly, I feel like that really contributes to the awesomeness of your uh, cover album of Jagged Little Pill. And while you don't spend the day with Alanis Morissette, I feel that that cover is going to get you a day with her anyway. So it almost would have been a wasted wish. So it's good that you'll meet her anyway because of Jagged Little Pill cover. But you do get to spend the day probably playing guitar, I'm just going to say, with Tracy Chapman. Uh, kind of a great, kind of great. Like, you really, you struck gold on that one. We will make beautiful music together. You'll make beautiful music together. <laughs> um, I also feel like uh, there's a couple of activities that you're going to be doing that I'm very excited about for you. Um, a day of baking with some adorable kids. Yay. Super fun. Uh, not to be outdone, another day with kids belly dancer at a bar mitzvah gross. fantastic <laughs> gross. i love that response you picked it um amazing amazing it just went from like a beautiful baking day and i'm picturing yeah. you know five to eight year olds and then it's like it's like 13 year olds with boners gross. because you're belly dancing yep for sure um fantastic uh i also want to and then these kind of tie in together as well which is that um you uh, and Lauren have an apar- a beautiful apartment in Vancouver. That makes sense to me because there's a lot of apartments in Vancouver. It's l- less normal to have a house. So you have a beautiful apartment in Vancouver. And Vancouver, as you well know, is on the uh, outer edges of like some of the best forests for camping. Yeah. So you guys can totally go up into like where, where Whistler is in the spring. And like when it's warm Sweet. enough, you can go camping together. I will um, let her know. Yeah. And then um, I want you to feel assured that whenever you have a craving for it, you may eat unlimited falafel sandwiches. <laughs> Perfect, beautiful falafel sandwiches with the french fries inside. Okay. All right. French fries inside. You needn't worry. Sweet. It is exactly what you want. Uh, the version that you exactly want. Um, I feel very good about the outcome of this mash game. I hope you feel the same. Oh, I feel like now my path has been laid out and it's a good one and yeah. I will go pursue just that You're and only that. You're all set. Let everything else go. Yes. Um, what a pleasure. This was I'm so much so fun. I'm so glad you were able to do it while you were here and I want you to have a great time at the podcast. Of course, it will have happened already by the time this episode airs, but... Um, 
everybody check out uh, Keith and the Girl and um, check out laurenhennessy.com. Yeah. I don't know how I remember that. Yeah. And I can't wait to have Lauren on the podcast. You 100% are so, mean that. Yeah, you're and, so um, lovely. Oh and my God, same. Warm. And I really, Instant friendship. We're instant friends. I wish we were just friends happened. when we were 12. I know. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm I would. So my best you. friend when I was 12, her name was Rhonda and she had a, a, the most amazing fro. She was African-American. Oh, well, she was half and had the most amazing fro. Hence, I always was like, and she would just let me play with it and she always used like relaxer in it and I loved the oil and the way it smelled and stuff I was super into it anyway guys uh, well thank you again for doing it and um, we'll talk to you guys soon on the uh, podcast As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.